0: Good morning, welcome you to service here this morning, special welcome to the visitors. Good to have you here. I invite you to turn to Ruth chapter 4. We've been working through the book of Ruth, this is the final and last message final last chapter, small book, but a book with lots of practical everyday living, lots of setbacks, there's hope, and this morning, I guess from the title, the best is yet to come. Chapter one, just as a refresher, Naomi and her husband two husband Naomi and her husband and her two sons were forced to leave their homeland in Judea because of a famine. Naomi's husband dies, and her sons married the Moabite woman, and they were married for ten years. And the woman proved to be barren, had no children, and then their then her sons died, leaving two widows in the house of Naomi even though Ruth cleaves to Naomi. Chapter 1 ends with Naomi, Naomi's bitter complaint. I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. The Almighty has dealt bitterly with me. That was Naomi's response in chapter 1. Chapter 2, then we find Naomi is filled with a glimmer of hope because Boaz has now appeared on the scene and it appears... That may be possibly a husband for Ruth. But he doesn't propose to Ruth. He doesn't make any moves. At least that's the way it seems at first. And the chapter closes with the hope and excitement and great suspense and uncertainty at how this might work out. Then chapter 3, Naomi and Ruth, they make a risky move in the middle of the night. Ruth goes into Boaz. On the threshing floor and says in effect, I want you to spread your wing over me as your, as my husband. That is when the tragedy of Ruth's widowhood seems to be resolved into a beautiful love story. But there's another setback in Ruth's life. There's another man, a kinsman that is closer than Boaz. So we see chapter 3 ending with the suspense of another setback. And now we're ready for our chapter here this morning. Begin reading at verse 1, Ruth chapter 4. Then went Boaz up to the gate and sat him down there. And behold, the kinsmen of Boaz, whom Boaz spake, came by. Unto whom he said, Ho, such a one, turn aside, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, "Sit down here." And they sat down. And he said unto the kinsmen, "Naomi, that is come again out of the country of Moab, sell a parcel of land, which was out of which was our brother Eliminex. And I thought to adv- advertise. I thought to advertise thee, saying, "That's a different word. I've read it so many different times, and now it sticks out to me." And I thought to advertise thee, saying, But if before the inhabitants and before the elders of my people, if thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt not redeem it, then tell me that I may know. For there is none to redeem it besides thee, and I am after thee. And he said, I will redeem it. Then said Boaz, What day thou buyest the field of the hand of the Naomi, thou must buy it also with Ruth the Moabite, the wife of the dead. To raise up the name of the dead among, upon his inheritance. And the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar mine own inheritance. Redeem thou my right to thyself, for I cannot redeem it. Now this was the manner in former time of Israel concerning redeeming and concerning changing. For to confirm all things, a man plucked off his shoes and gave it to his neighbor. And this was a testimony in Israel. Therefore the kinsman said unto Boaz, Buy it for thee. So he drew off his shoe. And Boaz said unto the elders and unto all the people, Ye are witnesses this day, ye are witnesses this day, that I have bought all that was Elimonex and all that was Chileans and Malans of the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Movites, the wife of Malan, have I purchased to be my wife, to raise up the name of the dead, Upon his inheritance, that the name of the dead be not cut off from among his brethren and from the gates of this place of his place, ye are witness this day, and all the people that were at the gate, and the elders said, We are witnesses, the Lord made the woman that has come into thine house like Rachel and like Leah, with two which too did build the house of Israel, and do thou worthily, worthily in Ephphradah and be famous in Bethlehem, and he let And let thy house be like the house of Perez, in whom Tamar bare unto Judah, of the seed which the Lord shall give thee of this young woman. So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. And when he went in unto her, the Lord gave conception, and she bare a son. And the woman said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. And he said, And he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life, a nourisher of thine old age. For thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons, hath bore him. And Naomi took the child and laid it in her bosom and became nurse unto it. And the woman, her neighbor, gave it a name, saying, There is a son born to Naomi. And they called his name Oab. He is the father of Jesse the father of David. Now these are the generations of Perez. Perez begat Hezron, and Hezron begat Ram, and Ram begat Amadad, and Amadad begat Nashon, and Nashon begat Solomon, and Solomon begat Boaz, and Boaz begat Obe, and O begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David. Ruth chapter 4 is about redemption being bought back we have been redeemed done and dusted nothing will ever change jesus has purchased us from our place of slavery to sin satan and the world but as we live our lives on earth there is that practical working of redemption in which we need to be freed from the penalty of sin we are still being delivered by that power of sin. Ruth, in this chapter, finds her predicament. There's a conflict with her redemption. Where is her redemption going to come from? Is it going to come from this closer kinsman, or is it going to come from Boaz, the one that she loves? Four points that I want to think about. Where does our redemption come from? What is the purpose of the law? What part of the law now plays in our Christian life and how freedom leads to fruitfulness? So we have at the beginning here this closer kinsman that Boaz has known about. He pops up. And he pops up again. And they have to deal with it. I believe... I may have alluded to it before, but I believe Boaz may have or probably had done some investigating into this prior to this because he knew that there was someone closer than him. He knew the law. He knew the the process of redeeming and he knew that he wasn't the closest. So he was respectful and he did not make those moves. So when Ruth and Naomi did their thing there with wanting Boaz to redeem them. Boaz had to say, I will settle settle this matter. And he took it. And Naomi had confidence in it that he would settle the matter. Back in that day, to settle a matter, you had to go to the city gates. This would be like today, us going to a courthouse to settle a matter. Also, There was some of you that were in a courthouse just this past week. I remember a time when um, having to go into the courthouse to get a marriage license. And of course, it was in a state that had to um, make it very uh, southwestern and beautiful and decorative that... It came back to haunt us as we moved to the boring state of Minnesota. And Christy went to get her driver's license that the officer looked at it and scoffed, almost scoffed at us and saying, that's just your souvenir. We need the authentic one. And on the bottom of it had the in, uh, embraced or whatever raised sigma of their stamp. And he wouldn't have anything to do with it. This is just what the pastor gave you. You need to go back to the state of Arizona and get the real thing. And when that's as far as we could go. So we went on one of our trips. went visited the courthouse of Arizona. And we made my request, and they looked at me funny. And they said, well, what do you have is legal. But we can't give you the part that was tore off here. We can give you a copy of it. Well, I said, give me whatever you can give me. Mm-hmm. So they gave me a copy of the part that was tore off. And that had an embrace thing on it as well, but it didn't come through the copier. But I could see that the same stamp was on that as it was on the other. So in my, um, I don't know if, what the word is to say, uh, not keenness, but uh, slyness maybe, I decided I'm going to see if I can get a different officer. I have this tore-off part and I have the part that's supposed to be our souvenir. I'm going to try a different officer." And so we go and we see, oh yeah, the other guy's busy, so we, we get in line and luckily we, we got a different guy. and No problem. Went right through. I said, man, all that for Anyway, why did I get into that? Oh, the courthouse. Um, you know matters in man's hands sometimes can be flawed we still got Christie's driver's license we were able to get it well that was part of it and uh, we were able to get it switched over and I didn't need that tore off part But I don't know I don't like to say that it was a satisfaction on my part that I pulled that one across but it just you know uh, interpretations of the law sometimes can be a short sight on on man's part, and I was ready to have that if they needed that, and then maybe they they would have said, "Hey, this is official." Um, so uh, I believe that Boaz had had done some background into this prior to this, and I believe Boaz. Was keen, he was smart, um, he used tack. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, he went to the gate and his kinsman comes through and he calls him aside and says, Hey, I got something to tell you. There's Naomi, she came from Moab, and she sells a parcel of land. What about it? Which leads me to where does our redemption come from? There seemed to be no question in this man's mind that, yeah. I'm, if I'm the closest kinsman, I'll buy it, no problem. But little did he know what was next after. And that's where I believe Boaz maybe used a little tack in how he presented this to this close kin. I believe we can look at this as this close kin to Ruth and Naomi as being somewhat the law. This was God's way of protecting those that were less fortunate, widow widowers, however, they this was their way of of um, finding their ends to come together. And if this wouldn't have happened, you know see the land of Israel was um, a land that was given to the children of Israel, and they had to divide it all out. And then they had what they called the year of jubilee. So if anything would have been out of place, they could have waited. I don't know when the year of jubilee would have fell to this, but they could have waited and got it back. But that wasn't the case. Boaz presents it to this kin and says, Will you buy it? And he says, I'll buy it. And this was the law in order for to uh, protect them, and Boaz follows through, I think, with following this law and coming to this close kin and making him aware of it. Does our ongoing deliverance from the power of sin come from our best efforts to keep god 's law? Or as, and also by trusting in the Lord. And then Boaz says, "You'll buy it, but what about Ruth? What about Ruth the Moabite? That's where the problem, or the the." The tide turned or the the switch was turned on. There is nothing wrong with the law of God. It is perfect and holy. And it could redeem us if it would. Which leads me to the second part of my, my second point. What is the purpose of the law? You know when we were reading there, and he pointed out uh, this this land, and then says, uh, "Well, what about, what, in verse 5, they're about Ruth, the Moabite, and then uh, uh, it's like, come on, make up your mind. You said you're going to do it, and now you won't? I can't redeem it. Well, the problem was, it was Ruth. It raised some questions in my mind why couldn't he redeem it? Was he already married? Or was he more concerned about the stigma that a Moabite woman would bring to his inheritance, which I believe is probably maybe part of the reason. Because it seemed like um, in his response there uh, in verse six, uh it will mar mine own inheritance. the law in itself is perfect and it portrays the character of god but it cannot free us from the power of the penalty of sin there is nothing wrong with the law but there is something seriously wrong with our sinful nature there was there was only one way only one who could redeem ruth and that was boaz likewise there is only one who can redeem us and that is Jesus Christ. Boaz was interested in a relationship. He was interested in getting to know Ruth. The same is with Jesus. He's interested in a relationship with you and me as his children. There's a quote by Charles Spurgeon. The law is also very useful because it shows us our defections and stains it is like looking it's like a looking glass which my lady holds it to her face that she may see if there be any spot on it but she cannot wash her face with the looking glass when the mirror has done its utmost then there are the same stains it cannot take away a single spot it can only show where one is and the law Though it reveals our own sin, our shortcomings, our transgressions, it cannot remove the sin or the transgression. It is weak for that purpose because it was never intended to accomplish such an end. By Charles Spurgeon. The law shows us where we go wrong, but it doesn't give us the victory or the power to live above it. the smelly sandal this was part of the witness that had to take place when someone was going to redeem they had to remove their footwear what part of the law now plays in our Christian lives is my third point so the closer relative could not redeem so the sandal had to come off. The law couldn't redeem us. No amount of good work can do it. It doesn't save us from the penalty of sin or from the power of sin. But we see the willingness of Boaz to do this. This again, I think, is a picture of Jesus in whom... We have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Colossians, yeah, Colossians 1 verse 14. In whom we have redemption through his blood, Jesus Christ's blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Is the blood of Jesus Christ that we have that redemption and the power to live above that sin. Also like to look at how Boaz pulled ten witnesses. He wanted this to be Accurate and straightforward. And so he picked ten elders and called them to be his witness. He went. There was two two parts to this. First, they were to witness that this closer kin could not. Redeem. And secondly, that Boaz could redeem. Are these ten elders a picture of the ten commandments that tell us the two very things? You know, they witness that the law itself cannot save, but then they can also witness of the one who can save. The New Testament tells us that before this faith came, We were held prisoners by the law, locked up unto faith should be revealed. So the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ. Turn to Galatians chapter three. We break in at verse 23, Galatians chapter three, verse 23, and read to the end of the chapter. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Therefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized in Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to his, to the promise. Then I want to look at Romans chapter three. Begin reading at verse 19. Romans 3, and then again I'll read to the end of the chapter. Verse, Romans 3, verse 19. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God... Without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace to the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth to be the propitiation through faith in His blood, to declare His righteousness for the remission of sin, That are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness, that he might be justified in the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Where is boasting then? It is excluded by the, by what law? Of works. Nay, but by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. If he is, if he, the God of the Jews only, is he also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Seeing it is one God which shall justify in the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcised through faith, so we then make void the law through faith. God forbid. Yea, we establish the law. It's as we take the step of faith and we make Christ lord of our life it is then that we have the power to live above the law and I like how verse 31 in Romans 3 says there it's not that we do away with the law but it's that we establish the law free at last which brings me to my fourth point how freedom leads to fruitfulness Ruth is finally free. She's finally free to marry Boaz. And we, doesn't take long to read there that she conceives and bears a son. God brings fruitfulness to the family. Been barren for ten years in her previous marriage, but now we see the blessing God working with Ruth. Was this why here were these ten witnesses were pronouncing their blessing? Said, may they may she be as Rachel and Leah. God saw that it was a blessing to give this family a child, an important blessing. Psalms 127 verse 3 says that children are a gift from the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is a reward. Probably as thrilled as Jesus is, is sharing his life with you, the union of a marriage is the closest thing that we have on earth that can symbolize our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's a challenge to think that as the bride of Christ he wants to be involved in my life, in your life. Imagine Ruth getting married to Boaz and then avoiding Boaz. How well would that have worked? Not allowing Boaz to be part of her life. That doesn't work in any marriage. It takes Commitment, it takes sacrifice. Same with our relationship with Jesus Christ. We need to be committed. We need to sacrifice. We need to give 100%. They pronounce that thereafter Ruth has a a boy. May his name become famous in Israel. Now, did they realize at that point what they were saying? How famous, or what part of the the lineage line that this was going to impact? How famous was the Lord? Well, he was famous enough to be the most influential man to ever have lived. Also famous enough to have our calendar split before and after his birth. And if we still need convincing of Boaz or Jesus' intentions, I believe we got it in this verse. Verse 10, moreover, Ruth the Mobis, the wife of Malan, have I purchased to be my wife to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. The name of the dead be not cut off from among his brethren and from the gate of this place, of his place. Ye are witnesses to this day. Being brought back into a relationship with Jesus Christ. This is what needs to energize us. Everyone likes a story with a happy ending. And that's what we have here. A story with a happy ending. As we come to the end and we see the blessing of God and how he restored to Naomi. Naomi had gone from a bitter backslidden woman to a blessing and a famous woman of Israel. It started with bitterness but it ended with smiling and a blessed Naomi. We have also seen the life of a humble and dedicated Ruth. Totally turned around. She had gone from a widow Gentile far from God to becoming a mother in a line that would not only produce King David, but would one day give to the world their Redeemer, the Messiah. This story is not only about Ruth or Naomi or Boaz, but it's about a relationship with Jesus Christ and the redemption that we can have through Jesus. You may be like Naomi. Maybe you were bitter at once, bitter at God. Or maybe you're like Ruth. Maybe you were far from knowledge and the truth of God. God can turn things around. God can work things out. God loves you and can make somebody out of nobody. I believe Ruth was a witness to help us see the signpost of God's grace in our lives and to help us trust in His grace even when the clouds are so thick that we can't see the road or even the signs that are along the road. Maybe you're facing some troubled times. Maybe it's cloudy or foggy or there's a storm looming on the horizon. God wants to lead you each step of the way. Sometimes it can be raining so hard, it, re- it is really hard to even see the way. But there is a compass that points the way as we navigate the road of life. And that compass is God's Word. It can look rough, turmoise. We have no clue where we're at. But if we put ourselves in God's Word, that will give us the direction we need. Our patience sometimes gets put to the test. Let's go back and remind ourselves that it was God who acted to turn each setback in this story that we read of Ruth and Naomi there was setbacks this was normal life we have normal life too and sometimes we have setbacks but you know in each setback God is working a plan a setback into a stepping stone that can be turned into joy and that is God in all of our bitter providence who is plotting for our good John Henry Gillette lifting our eyes to the forest and the everlasting snow in 1912 gave a Yale lecture on preaching and there is a passage on one of his lectures that describes this as the vision of what should be done. And I believe Ruth gives us the, that picture. He described it this way. You look to the horizon. You don't look to the enclosed field or the landscape. He has a marvelous way of connecting every subject with eternity past and with eternity com- eternity to come. It is though you were looking at a bit of carved wood on the Swiss village window and you're lifting your eyes and you see the forests where the woods were nourished. And higher still the everlasting snow. This is the speaker's goal, to stop the vill- stop at the village window. But you're always linked to the streets with the heights and set your souls a-roaming over the eternal hills of God. In this story of Ruth, it's not just ending with a little Judean village with an old grandmother hugging a new grandson. Glory would be too big a word but the author doesn't leave us it doesn't leave it there but he lifts his eyes to the forest into the mountains the snow of redemption history he says very simply that the child was the father of Jesse and Jesse was the father of David all of a sudden we realize that something greater is coming Could you imagine God is plotting out in the normal human man the temple blessings for a few Jews in Bethlehem? But he was preparing for the coming of a great king that Israel would have, and that was David. And the name of David carrying with it the hope of the Messiah, the new age, peace and righteousness, freedom from pain and crying and grief and guilt. This simple little story opens that hope that we can have as we look at how simple commitment that Ruth was to Naomi led to David being king and then Jesus coming to the world. Book of Ruth wants to teach us that God's purpose for life of his people is to connect us to something far greater than ourselves god wants us to know that when we follow him our lives are always more than what we think mean more than what we think they do for the christian there is always a connection between the ordinary events of life and the stupendous work of god in history everything we do is in obedience to God, no matter how small or insignificant it may seem. The deep satisfaction of Christian life is that not giving to trifle, serving a widow, mother-in-law, gleaning in the fields, falling in love, having a baby. For the Christian, these things are all connected to eternity. They are all part of something so much bigger than they seem. The life of the godly is not a straight line. glory there may be dips there may be valleys there may be hairpin curves there may even be a plain old boring straight road in the Midwest God will see to it that you have the necessary resources to get to glory but he needs your commitment and obedience there is a hope for us beyond this cute baby and a happy grandmother The story points forward to David. David points forward to Jesus, and Jesus points forward to the resurrection of our mortal bodies when death will be no more. Neither shall there be no mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. The best is yet to come. And that is the unshakable truth about life of the woman and the man who follow Christ in obedience of faith to those who are young and strong and hopeful latch on to that faith to those that are old older than i whom the outer nature is quickly fading away the best is yet to come give up your selfish desires and follow jesus I don't want to make it sound like I have this all figured out. I don't. And I'm still learning. The best is yet to come. And thinking of that this morning, I just... My connection is not very good here. Well, best is yet to come. best is yet to come. No technology. <laughs> uh, maybe some of you saw it. Dorcas Smoker had a post on. They were at a wedding, and uh, the only reason that it came up is because Christy had <laughs> followed her. And uh, I didn't, knew they were traveling, but I didn't know why, and now I see why. There was a wedding yesterday to the hostages. Hostages that were in Haiti got married. Do you know about that, Davy? Okay. Am I right? Okay. Um, I guess uh she had a very interesting way of uh writing it and uh how the story of she even brought in the word of redemption, how these two have met when they were in Haiti and when we were worried about their doom and fate, there was this man and woman that were walking off to watch the sunset and later to realize that they will get married. So if you want to take note of that, you can read it. But yes, the best is yet to come.